It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? What's going on, podcast fans? What's going on, lacrosse podcast fans? It's Jake Elliott with you once again. As you found us here for episode 82 of Lacrosse Classified, thanks for joining us. I think my microphone's a little hot there. Let's turn that down a little bit, or you can turn it up for that matter. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. And I say us as I'm going to welcome in my co-host right off the top here as we've got a busy show. We don't want to waste any time as it's the Buffalo Bandits color analyst, Steve Berm, I think I believe Berm, you were actually on the very first lacrosse classified with Evan and myself, and uh, now you're coming back. You're going to co-host. Thanks for doing this, man. Welcome, uh, welcome to lacrosse class. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having the the Buffalo kid back. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate the podcast. You guys keep me in the loop for so much. Uh, what happens with Canadian lacrosse? You guys are like the uh, source for that. And, you know, even though I live close to Canada, you guys, like your interview with Sean Williams last week was awesome to keep me in the loop of what's going on with the CLA. So I'm really excited to be back. And you're right. I was on the first episode talking about collective bargaining between the league and the PLPA. So good to be on and co-hosting. Thanks for the chance. Yeah, no problem. Uh, My pleasure. And and for for people that don't know, you uh, used to run the Bandits Beat account. You've been, well, why don't you tell the listeners here, Steve, how long have you been involved with the Buffalo Bandits? What are the, some of the different titles that you've had over the years and uh, what, what brought you to lacrosse in the first place? So I started out as a fan. My first year of season tickets with the Bandits was 2008. They won the championship that year, but I'd been attending games. Uh, I was at the championship game in 96 when I was nine years old. Uh, so I'd been attending games my whole life. I got connected with IL Indoor and covered the Bandits for them for the first time in 2009. Uh, after a run with them, I switched over to the National Lacrosse League. They hired me on to be the Bandits beat reporter for the league. And uh, just two years ago, or sorry, last season, this is my second season uh, being brought on by the Bandits to help out with uh, color analysis because Mernsey, as great as uh, he is at what he does, his schedule keeps him on the move with uh, coaching St. Bonaventure. So when he is unavailable, uh, I get the opportunity to broadcast with John Gertler, and it has been an awesome ride. It's crazy to think it's already been some 11 or 12 years. As you know, Jake, time flies when you're having fun. It sure does. Uh, and, man, what a treat it must be to get to call a game with the legendary John Gertler. Funny you bring up uh, Mearns. Coach Mearns actually just gave Lacrosse Classified a follow today. So uh, that ties in nicely. Shout out to Coach Mearns, friend of the program as well, head coach of Team Canada and St. Bonaventure, of course, as well. Um, big program coming up here. We figured we got Buffalo in the house with Steve Bermel. Why not keep it in bandit land and check in with one Ian McKay? I've never talked to Ian McKay before. I'm looking, I know you have, but I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, he's a, he became such a big part of the team so quickly. Him and Matt Gilray both drafted back-to-back, and uh, both of them. It's not often in Buffalo that we've seen draft picks come in and play right away. It's, it's kind of a funny dynamic in the NLL, but that's changed. And uh, 
they both both Gilray and Ian, Matt Gilray and Ian McKay have been such big factors. And Ian's a, a great guy. He's living in Buffalo. He's had a, a a great stretch here with the games being put on pause. And I think he's lost something like twenty pounds. So he's living in Buffalo with Josh pounds. and Dane, and big, he's working out. Big and... deal, Steve Brown. <laughs> twenty pounds. Big right. deal. No, maybe, uh, maybe he should follow suit from you. I'm no, and I'm just joking around. Uh, when you're already in shape, and then to try and lose 20 pounds on top of that, that's that's a real tough chore. And you're right. Like I, when I was kind of doing a little research before we we got on the phone here, uh, I like I'm looking at his NLL stats and going like, where's the rest of it? He's only been in the league two years. Like it seems like he's been in the league like five years for some reason. And I, and I think that's just because of the way he plays and how comfortable he looks at the NLL level already. So we'll look forward to that conversation coming up in about 20 minutes time with number four in your Buffalo bandits program, Ian McKay. Of course uh, we've got under review and, and this one's a a little bit different this week. We're going to talk about how, Lacrosse can can play a role in what's happening around our world right now, and and I want to talk about what's happening around our world off the top, and then in under review we'll talk about how lacrosse can can play a part. Steve, I know this is a lacrosse podcast, but you cannot shut your eyes and ignore what's happening in our world right now, and. We got quick sticks. We got who you got, who we had coming up, of course, as well. But I've been sitting around and and thinking and watching TV and seeing everything that's happening in our world right now, Steve. And, and, you know, when I was with the Minnesota Swarm, one of the the life lessons that I really took away from from John Arlotta and working with him was he was always kind of on top of me about my social media and my persona and the way I present myself and and he always kind of kept me in check in that regard and I had an incident with with uh, a season ticket holder at the time and this was when mass school shootings were were kind of happening one after the other around around the country and and I tweeted out a stat about how there were more school shootings in in America than there were in the rest of the world combined and a season ticket holder of the swarm took great offense to the uh, Canadian commenting on American law and the privilege that I had to work for that organization and how dare I as a Canadian judge anything that's happening down there. And and to some regard, he I, I think he was right. And, and the story turned out okay. We actually met. He took me on a tour of a of the army base there in St. Paul that he, that he worked in. And, and, you know, I, I see what's happening in the twin cities and, and I just have such great memories of, of being in St. Paul and seeing what's happening there. It just, it breaks my heart really. And there's, there's a couple of things like, you know, I, I always tried to think if, if I don't want my mother to, if I wouldn't want my mother to read it, don't tweet it. And that's kind of the, the way I, I've I've never sworn you know I got over forty thousand tweets with retweets and favorites and what I've never sworn on Twitter, and and since that day back in in twenty twelve or twenty thirteen whatever it was, two things that I've always stayed away from is politics and religion, and I just whether it's Facebook or Twitter I just I stay away from it and I don't comment on it as hard as that may be at times the way my feelings inside make me want to react 
Those are two things that I've really kind of stayed away from. And and now this all kind of ties into it with racism. And and racism, everybody, well, I mean, I, I shouldn't say everybody because clearly there's an issue out there. But racism is, is, a, is about as bad as it gets. And when I see... The, these protests and, and, and things happening, I I believe they're for the right reasons. But then when it gets to the level that it's at now where the looting and, and people involved are taking away from what the movement was actually supposed to be about, I, I have an issue with. And then I, you know, there there is clearly, and it's hard for me because, and I'm trying to gather my thoughts as I speak here, it it's hard for me because I'm a, a middle-class, middle-aged white male living in Canada and I'm trying to express my feelings about what's happening in different parts of another country, but they are my neighbors and I have friends there and I have, you know, my, my sister was married to a black male and my nephew is is biracial and so it hits it hits pretty close to home for me to to watch this and I I I feel bad for the majority of police officers who are genuinely good people and get into that line of work to do the right things and because of and there's clearly a faction of it there's no denying that black males have been continued profiled and 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 assaulted and murdered um throughout the country and 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 it doesn't stop there like racism is real in this country as well and and i i just i feel, there's so many people I, I like think about the the small shop owners whose stores have been absolutely ransacked after going through two months where they're probably just trying to keep their head above water with covid going on and now this innocent bystanders in what i said you know a lot of people are in it for the right reasons, but then it breeds an element where it's a mass gathering and these idiots think that they can come out and, and loot and take advantage of a situation that has gone clearly wrong. And I don't know what the answer is, Steve. I don't know how they get a handle on it, but it just clearly it's affecting me and I know it's affecting a lot of other people and I just couldn't come on to this podcast and not say something about it. Yeah, it's a great, great point you made. And it's, it's hard because you said you're gathering your thoughts and I've been gathering my thoughts. If I can have a minute to kind of personally reflect, I grew up in inner city Buffalo. I grew up going to school uh, with where schools were more than half African-American and taking public transportation on the bus with them. And um, I went to school with people who looked nothing like me and I had friends and sat at lunch tables with them and didn't think much of it. And I'm far from perfect. And I know that. And some things that have really been come to my attention. um, I don't want this to be about me because it shouldn't be. Um, but I, I saw someone say that it's not enough to be a non-racist. You have to be an anti-racist. And I think for most of my life, I've done as best I could to be a non-racist, to treat people with respect, to see people for who they are, to respect their culture, their background, their religion, their skin color. And uh, 
with this going on, as you said, I don't say much. I don't, I, occasionally I'll get into it politically about things, but I haven't commented on social media about what happened with George Floyd. And I'm, and I'm devastated by that and what's been happening with the protests. And uh, I'm trying to soak it all in, but uh, I think hopefully for all of us, when something like this happens, it makes each one of us reflect and come out of it better. And what's crazy is between COVID and what's going on with this, thankfully, as humanity, we always seem to find a way to figure it out. My hope through this is that we find a way to figure out how to come out of this better as humanity than we came in. Both COVID and this, and I'm not comparing the two because they're not the same. They're, they're intertwined. But my hope, Jake, is that as individuals and as a society, humanity figures out how to come out of this better than we went in. And I wish I knew what that looked like. I really do. I wish I had the silver bullet. But um, that's my thought process from growing up in inner city Buffalo and going to school. And, you know, my experience is I'm far from having it all figured out. That's for sure. Uh, Well said, Steve. And I I think the more conversations that people have like this and taking people out of their comfort zone and, and having uncomfortable conversations and bringing light and shining a light when when you see injustice or racism happening don't be a bystander and 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 you make the change and and one by one that I think that's how it it needs to happen I like I said neither one of us have the the answer and I'm not sure who does but clearly something needs to change out of all this let's hope that that change comes I appreciate everybody kind of getting through that with me but that that need to be said as far as i'm concerned okay steve let's get on with the program here as uh i know you are aware but on episode 81 we kicked off our best lacrosse fighter of all time tournament congratulations to the oshawa green gales by the way once again and rob king for winning who you got uh season one i guess um so now it's time to to fight Steve Burmel, not me and you, but the boys are getting after it here. We've had four matchups. Finals are in, and let's just go through this pretty quickly here because uh, we had a pretty long segment off the top already. And, of course, who we had brought to you by Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Uh, the May long weekend has come and gone. That's kind of the, the start of summer here in British Columbia, Steve. Uh, the store still open for business stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local still need your workwear you need a new hat for the sun maybe you're going out golfing whatever you need trust me get on stampede.ca and you will find what you're looking for and you'll probably find a couple of things that you didn't even know you were looking for as well four matchups in the books our first four guys to move on to the round of 32 uh, where's my sheet here? Let's start at the top. Round one, or matchup number one, I should say. The heavyweight champ of like the, I want to say like mid to late 90s, Andy Ogilvie taking on Tory Gardner. Over, well over 100 votes for all four of these fights so far. And I, I would expect the vote to get bigger as we go along. But Ogilvy over Tory Gardner, this one wasn't really close. Ogie was 77% of the vote. I think 20 is going deep into this tourney. That sounds right, uh, just from the track record, but also when you see the number of votes that he would have gotten, I think that that's a good assumption that he's probably going to make it 
a few rounds deep. It's funny. He he texted me and he said, "I, I need a scouting report on Tory Gardner. I don't." So I gave him a little scouting report on Gardner, and then it's funnily enough, uh, president of the Sandbellies, Paul Horn, also a friend of the show. Sent me some pictures uh, over the the week last week, and one of them was me and Andy Ogilvy tied up uh, at Queens Park in a in a bit of a, a wrestling match. Well, I mean, it was a fight, but uh, at that time we were we were pretty tangled up. But uh, so I had to send, <laughs> I had to send him that picture. And I said, "Here's you remember this the the night I had to teach you a hard lesson at Queens Park Arena." So uh, I know Andy is actually a new listener. He said he's never listened to a podcast in his life. He was going to make Lacrosse Classified the very first podcast he's ever listened to. So I know we got a new subscriber in one Andrew Ogilvie, and we're sitting here talking about him. How about that? Round two, matchup two. Why do I keep doing that? Chancey Johnson up against one Matt Beers, captain of the Vancouver Warriors, proud sponsors here of Lacrosse Classified, Steve Burmel. And the captain, Beersy, he moves into the round of 32 with 58% of the vote, 158 votes cast here in this one. And Matt Beers is moving on. Matt Beers is the all-around player as well. Uh, there might be a bit of recency bias with Matt Beers as well because we get to see him play every weekend. I have a totally off-the-cuff question Jake, do you get do your votes count twice since you actually tangled up with some of these guys or what? Do well, you get to vote yeah, more no, than once? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Just <laughs> once, uh, but uh, not a bad bad strategy there. I, I'll vote for my own personal count when I put the vote up on Lax Class. I suggest you doing the same. Matchup three, got it right that time. Uh, assistant, well, defensive coach of the Calgary Roughnecks, head coach of the Maple Ridge Berards, Robert Sato Williams. Slight edge here over one third of the Morgan brothers, the biggest of the three. I'm a little surprised Sato won this. He obviously got it done off of speed and technique here, as uh, Morgan would have had a big reach, but uh, who knows? Maybe he got the jersey over. Sato moving on with 54% of the vote. So you, you mentioned the Morgan brothers, and when the Bandits played the Lumberjacks in the championship in 2008, all three Morgan brothers were standing on the restraining line. It looked like the bars on your cell phone, <laughs> in the top of your cell <laughs> yeah, phone. Right. You had tall, taller, and taller. Right, right. And, yeah. uh, Peter, it, it was, Richie. It was amazing yeah. to see all of them playing on the same team at the same time. Those are some big boys. Uh, yeah, and, and all of them fantastic players in their own right as well. <laughs> Final matchup. The Candyman, Drew Candy, going up against Miles General, who was a real scary piece of business here. And I actually screwed up the poll on this one, but I re-ran it. And on the second poll, and, well, he won the first poll as well, but the second poll, he really started to run away with this. 128 votes. Miles General from those 95-96 Chief teams moving on here as he gets past Drew Candy, who was a tough customer. You mentioned how tough Miles was. I believe that Drew Candy got in a dust-up on the field during an alumni game for the Bandits. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, it was out, It was staged. It was nothing okay. serious. But, okay. but uh, you yeah, you did mention that Miles General was a, a, a big, uh, quite the force for sure. My goodness, yeah. Uh, both those guys. And, and this is what is yeah. going to happen here is, like, I picked 64 guys, and I and I mentioned this last week, but I like I asked, you know, different guys who I respected as as fighters, if you will, or knowledgeable lacrosse guys from different eras and different leagues and different parts of the country, and I tried to get a big sample of of all of that. So there'll be some older guys, there'll be some newer guys, some you know middle aged guys in there as well. Um, 
and I think it's it's a good mix here. I'm, I probably have left a couple of guys out. I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to, to kind of find that out as we move along here. But the point being, Steve Bermel, is that some, some of these guys are going to lose in the first round. I might be one of them. And these are, like, really good fighters that are, that are going to be one and done. I don't envy having to set this bracket up because, one, there's always going to be someone left out of something like this that you that someone's going to be upset wasn't in there. But then, two, it's almost impossible to have every matchup in a round of 64 so that it's, quote-unquote, even. Like, you can't do that. Like, there's going to be times. So I definitely don't envy you, Jake, for having to set this up the yeah. way that you have to narrow it down and then to, to set up the bracket. There's no easy way to do it. And there's no perfect way to do it. Well, and so just so you know, and I mentioned this last week. Thanks for listening, Steve Bermel. I I just started draw like there was a couple like my own matchup. I made a very difficult one, so I probably lose in round one because I just think that's the right thing to do. But then I I I put four. I'll, I'll spill the beans here. I put four goalies into the tournament as well, and I thought, well, I better match up the goalies in the first round. So two goalies are going to fight each other in round yeah, number and one. and we'll talk about one of those Yes, today. we will. That'll be in quarter four of Stampede Tax, who you got. Quarter one of Lacrosse Classified is now in the books. We're moving on to the second queue, and it's Ian McKay from the Buffalo Bandits coming up next. Keep it right here. Episode 82, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Sean Williams, president of the Canadian Lacrosse Association. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class Lacrosse Fans, episode 82 into the Second quarter we go as we welcome number four from the Buffalo Band. It's also a former member of Vermont Lacrosse. I'm going down his resume here, Steve Burmel. Captain, two-year captain, third time or three-time All-American, first team all ECAC. Like the list goes on here. Also a member of the Archers and the PLL, I believe. Uh only been in the NLL two years. I was saying to Steve off the top here, and it seemed to me like you looked like a five, six-year veteran after only a season and a half. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this. How's it going? Doing well, thank you. Uh, appreciate the uh, the tire pump there a little bit. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's what we want to do. We want to pump the tires, and then and then we'll start throwing darts at you. No, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, what's <laughs> what's going on uh, back in Buffalo? Are you surrounded by uh, Burner and, and Dane and and Chase? What's going on back in Buffalo right now? Yeah, I decided uh, decided once quarantine started to to stay put in Buffalo. Um, it's myself. Uh, Josh and Dane that are still here right now. Um, Chase ended up back out in BC, and then uh, Cloutier and Gilroy also made the trips back home. So 
been Dane, Josh, and myself holding down the fort here and uh, making sure uh, nothing's going uh, too crazy in our apartment. You're getting shredded. We see all the updates. You guys got the home gym going on, and you've lost a few LBs. And you're, uh, <laughs> What'd you guys get, like a squat rack? Go. You got like a squat rack or something. Did I see that correctly? Yeah, you, you did see that correctly. We, uh, being with Josh and Dane, they're, uh, I mean, we're all pretty impulse guys, but I think those guys are even more uh, impulse than I am. And as soon as uh, the season got put on pause and um, quarantine started up, we took a quick trip over to Dick's Sporting Goods, and all of a sudden we had a, a full functioning squat rack and <laughs> almost everything essential for a gym and uh, in Josh and Dane's living room downstairs. So it's uh, it's been pretty good. We've been in there. I've been down to their room almost every day of quarantine. Um, if I'm not, I'm probably going to get chirped, and I don't don't want to go through that. So. Um, down there getting put in work in, um, hoping that, uh, something would come back for the, the NLL season. Um, and then with the, the announcement of the PLL doing, uh, their three week quarantine, um, season, um, we've, we've been trying to stay in, in shape as, uh, as best as possible. Yeah. Speaking with Ian McKay and, and Steve mentioned you, you've managed to shed 20 pounds, which is no small feat when you're already, in good shape. What was the the thought process just to get a little quicker? I assume you wanted to get that weight off, or did you just kind of it just start happening and you just kept going with it? Yeah, ever since uh, I got to Buffalo, um, one thing that uh, the coaching staff has always kind of been on me about is, is just trying to be in better shape. Um, I mean, that's that's always been something for me, even at school that I've had uh, I had little troubles with and. Um, that's part of the reason why I ended up staying in Buffalo during all this is I know that I knew that being with Josh and Dane would be, uh, be a motivating factor and, and they'd be on me and help me with that. But just the, the style of game I play, um, I'm not the, the tallest guy in the world and, and I'm probably a, on the smaller side on the, of the average of, uh, defenders in the league and, um, being an up and down guy, trying to push transition and, and be up and, and stay and play offense a little bit. Um, you know, and, and hopefully having a long career and, you know, I think, um, you know, shedding some of that weight, uh, is only going to help my game and, and further my career. And, and, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's the case. Mickey, you talked about the, the hope that the NLL will have something. We haven't heard anything yet, but, uh, not to be doom and gloom in the event that there isn't something that's a long layoff. This could be almost. Uh, who knows when the next season would start, but you could be looking at almost a year without lacrosse. Now, you did mention the PLL tournament. That might help keep you sharp. So at the very least, it could be eight months, ten months, a year without box lacrosse. So what's the key? What's the plan if, if unfortunately, the NLL is unable to go? Yeah, um, well, like you mentioned, um, we'll still have three weeks lacrosse with the PLL. Um, hoping that I'm on, on our team's travel roster, but um, that'll give us a little fix. But with no summer season and, uh, and the uncertainty of the, the NLL, um, you know, it's, it's just a lot of unanswered questions. And um, I think me personally and, and being here with Josh and Dan, I think we've done a pretty good job of kind of having that go day by day mentality. And, um, you know, we don't, we try not to look too far ahead and, and look too um, far into things and just kind of hope, hope for the best. And, and we're just trying to set ourselves up uh, the best we can for whatever might happen, whether 
there is a playoff scenario or not, or, or if we're not playing lacrosse for, like you said, eight months to a year, we're just uh, we're trying to set ourselves up for when we do get that call and, and be ready to go. Speaking with Ian McKay of the Archers and the Bandits here on Lacrosse Classified, and uh, I probably should ask you this right off the top, is I normally like to do this with first-time guests here on LC, Ian, and Port Elgin, Ontario, how does uh, the game of lacrosse find Ian McKay, or how did Ian McKay find lacrosse? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a very big thing. Up, it's, it's actually pronounced Port Elgin. Oh, my, my um, apologies. It's not a big thing up <laughs> that's that's a common common mistake but uh yeah i played uh my minor lacrosse for uh own sound and that's about half hour 40 minute drive from port elgin so i was always on the road playing um i was lucky enough lacrosse has kind of been in my family for a while my grandfather is a physiotherapist okay and uh for a while was the the team trainer for the u19 canadian team up to 2012 when I was able to play for them. And um, then my uncle, um, Jim Moss, he played oh, yeah. for about no, eight, Jimmy nine Moss. years. Yes. Um, yeah, he, he's my uncle. So okay. he played a um, handful of years in the LL with Albany, uh, San oh. Jose, and then finished off with Colorado. Yeah. So um, I was always kind of a rank rat going to his games, whether it was senior in Brampton or – in Toronto and Buffalo when uh, whenever he was close to home. So I've been lucky. It's been in my family for a while. Ian, have you ever had uh, an instance where things stop so abruptly? And the first thing that comes to mind for me would be an injury or something because, I mean, the league was on fire. There were some great matchups. The, the battle between Toronto, Halifax, Buffalo, New England having such a good year. The league was really doing well. And, and of course, the goal would be to make the playoffs and then hopefully make another run at the NLL Cup. And now all of that has been paused. And it happened so quickly. Like, I remember we started to get information on, like, Tuesday or Wednesday about media availability and like precautions. And I think by Thursday, Saturday's game was off the table. Uh, it just all seems so abrupt. This has to be unique. So from a pro athlete's perspective, what does this feel like to go from being in a groove every week to a full stop like this? Yeah. Like you mentioned, the league, the league has so much parody and it was, it was getting pretty intense in our division with, with Toronto and Halifax and, um, I think we were looking at all the different potential playoff scenarios and with how good of a season we were having, we could have potentially ended up being something like seventh or eighth in the playoff picture, which is just kind of wild to think. Um, but then I, I remember it all happening. We were up in Oakville for practice on a Wednesday night and then we were playing, I think we had a back-to-back that weekend in Toronto and then back Saturday against New England. And we ended up, we were going to stay in Toronto after practice um, instead of driving back and forth um, so much in a couple of days. And we went to the hotel and then the next morning we had a call saying that the games were canceled and, and we ended up driving back to Buffalo as soon as possible because we didn't know if the borders were going to still be open or what was going on. So, um, and then the first couple of weeks is just so many, unanswered questions you're not really sure what's going on what to expect there's this new reality of of being locked down and, and basically stuck in your apartment nothing's open and um you know luckily we did make that impulse via the gym kind of kept us staying there 
uh, in the early days, but just trying to find a new norm and new reality. It was, it was pretty unique. Um, you know, having, having these restrictions put on not just us, but everyone all over the world really. And, um, you know, like you said, there's nothing's really ever happened like this before. So it's just trying to find some kind of new reality, a new norm uh, amongst all, all the craziness going on. Couple of more minutes here with Buffalo Bandits, Ian McKay, and and you mentioned a couple times in in, in living with with Dane Smith and, and Josh Byrne, who are you know quite frankly two pretty big personalities in in the in the league. And I've seen you joke around a little bit, uh, yeah, when you were mic'd up and and kind of on your social media, <laughs> you know, you go out with these two guys, and and people will see and go, oh, there's Josh Byrne, and there's Dane Smith, and then and then who are you? Uh, which I know you take pretty well but i mean at the end of the day does that bother you at all or is that just kind of part of uh, hanging around those guys and and your time will come once you establish yourself a little bit more no it's uh it doesn't bother me too much it's uh it's all i mean the guys like to poke fun at it and like you said uh, i'm i'm pretty vocal on social media about it and, and chirping those guys but they're pretty lighthearted and, and take it well and um it's all it's all fun and games and, and buffalo's Buffalo is an incredible sports city. Uh, I mean, we can be walking down the street in the mall at a restaurant and, and people recognize us and know that we play on the bandits. So, and I think that's pretty unique in the NLL. Um, and, and it just goes to show how loyal and how awesome the bandits fans are. But um, you do, you do run into some pretty funny scenarios. I know I remember even before I was on Buffalo and I was flying out of Buffalo with those two guys playing in the MLL and uh being asked to take pictures for for a fan <laughs> with josh and dane or something like that or um can you take our picture the, the more yeah the more recent one was we were in a target at the beginning of uh quarantine and um you know we we're just we went, i think we were looking for like xbox um accessories like controllers and, and looking for board games and, and stuff just to to kill time and one of the workers there noticed Dane and, and said he was a big fan. And then Josh walked around the corner and saw, thought he was, or uh, told Josh he was a big fan. And then uh, he looked at me, he's like, sorry, man, like, I don't really know who you are. And, and Dane spoke up and, um, uh, that, I said, think that's Matt Gilray. That's Matt Gilray. Right <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and then, but the, the best part about this, that story was, they told him who I was, and then he goes, "Oh, I think you work at uh, the bank with my mom." <laughs> I was like, "No, sorry, dude. That's not, wrong I think guy." I know you think O'Connor uh, works at a bank here oh, in Buffalo, man. so <laughs> it's a classic mix-up there. But no, it's it's all funny and uh, it's all fun and games, and and like I said, the, the fans here are are pretty incredible. Well, he's a Vermont Catamount legend. I can tell you that. Give Ian McKay a follow on his social media, both Instagram and Twitter. I like it when guys do this, Ian. Well done. Same handle for both platforms here. Ian McKay, M-A-C-K-A-Y underscore 94. Ian McKay underscore 94. Give him a follow. Ian, uh, well done on your first uh, debut here on Lacrosse Classified. You're coming back. Thank you. Appreciate uh, appreciate you guys having me on. This was fun. All right. Uh, be safe there in Buffalo. Say hi to the boys for me, and uh, we'll do this again soon. 
Awesome. Will do. Uh, stay, stay safe, you guys. Appreciate it. There was Ian <laughs> McKay of the Buffalo Band. Steve, you got to know Ian a little bit uh, in his first year and a half, two years there in Buffalo. This kid, fourth overall, him and Gilray going back-to-back and, and two cornerstones on the back end that Buffalo can really build around these two. Yeah, and you see a lot of players when they come to Buffalo, including players like Dane Smith, start out the back door. And then, you know, as their offensive skills develop, they move up front. And Mickey's already been able to do that, uh, not only running the ball up in transition, but in the event of injuries to the left side, McKay has come out the front door and can perform. So uh, he, he, every player can can do both. They're talented guys. Every, every lacrosse player is talented enough, but Mickey really seems to excel uh, whether he's running out the back door or the front door for a shift. He, he looks like he knows what he's doing out there. And as you said, Jake, looks like he's been doing this a lot longer than a year and a half. Yeah, and, and no more hitch in, in the giddy-up after the knee injury as well and taking off another 20. I bet you the brace comes off next uh, for McKay if he's not taking it off already. I can't remember. But, uh, you know, when guys come back after pretty significant injuries, it, it looks like they're not just quite opened up yet. And, and I think he's there now. Yeah, I think we saw that with Josh Byrne last year, right? He had the knee injury and towards the end of the year down the stretch and looked a little tender. And this year, no problem putting in seven goals. So uh, I think that he seems to be yeah. looking pretty healthy. And I think that's right for, for Ian as well. And, you know, the Bandits have some guys that can get the ball up the floor in a hurry. And uh, now with 20 less pounds to carry up the floor, Mickey might be a guy to be speeding the ball up in transition for Buffalo. Yeah, good chat there with Ian McKay and all courtesy of the Vancouver Warriors. Uh, Talked to my man Dave Camusi actually earlier today, uh, head of marketing there for Connect Sports Entertainment and the Vancouver Warriors, and and just asking him a little bit, you know, what's the plan, what's the future looking like down there at Rogers Arena for the Warriors and, and talking tickets and, and what the plan is for the summer and all the rest of it. And I can tell you this um, – once tickets go back on sale here, for he's got some cool things planned for the summer if he can get the green light for it, but the the structure of the tickets that will be sold for season ticket holders, flex pack, all that sort of stuff around Rogers Arena, some real cool ideas coming up. So stay tuned for that. Not exactly sure when it'll be rolled out. It's coming, and you people that are listening to Lacrosse Classified will be the first to know, but in the meantime, uh, nothing's offside at VancouverWarriors.com, at NLL Warriors on Twitter and Instagram as well. Give them a follow. They're putting out the content. I saw Brando doing the outside the box and a couple other things. Warrior of the Week, of course. Uh, and if you got any questions, just hop on the website. Somebody will get back to you at VancouverWarriors.com. Quarter two is done. Episode 82 rolling along. Quick sticks and under review is next. Keep it right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. You're listening to Andy Towers on the Cross Classified on the Cross Flash. Back on episode number 82, Lacrosse Flash, Lacrosse Classified. Thanks for joining us in quarter three. 
we like to do two things. We like to go under review, which we will do after we bring you some quick sticks. As it's Jake Elliott, Steve Bermel co-hosting with you here for episode 82. By the way, next week, uh, Pat doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to get Pat Gregoire on the show. He's going to co-host, and I kind of like this theme of I'm you're a, you're a Buffalo analyst. We had a Buffalo Bandit on the program. Pat, he's the Thunderbirds analyst. You see where I'm going with this, Steve Bermo? We are going to have Pat yeah, Gregoire. You're going to have another Bandit on next week? No, that's uh, the wrong <laughs> wrong direction. A Thunderbird Sorry. player will join us next week along with lacrosse superstar Pat Gregoire co-hosting. Just not sure. I'm thinking, well, I don't want to give it away. We don't want to give it away. I got a couple guys in mind as far as guests go. Quick sticks. Uh, let's start with the good stuff here. The Canadian Lacrosse Association named, uh, well, no, the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame is what I'm trying to say here, Bermo. Uh, the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame announcing their 2020 inductees. What a class going in here. 1990 St. Catherine's Athletics going in, uh, actually back-to-back Minto champions, I believe, in 90 and 91. Some great teams there for St. Kitts back in those days. Uh, Teddy Dowling of Shamrock fame, NLLer as well. Great left-handed lacrosse player, Teddy Dowling. My God, was he a good player. Uh, former CLA president, Joey Harris, going in as a builder, right? Didn't realize how much Joey accomplished as a player in his uh, playing days back in Manitoba. But uh, going in as a builder, Joey Harris, as is uh, head coach general manager of the Philadelphia Wings, Paul Day. Congratulations, friend of the program as well. Paul Day going into the Hall of Fame. Peter Berge, I hope I'm saying that right. The guy with maybe the hardest shot in the history of the sport, and I'm not even joking, Steve Bermel, Cam Bomberry going into the Hall of Fame. You've had the, the pleasure to witness this howitzer in person, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, we've seen some heavy shots in the NLL, but for sure, yeah, that one, uh, there's certain ones that stand out, and that's that's uh, definitely one of them. Cam Bomber, uh, you can't you can't give a night a former Nighthawk credit is what you can't do, Burma. That's that's your problem right now, being but you just refused to go down that road, didn't you? That that's what happened right well, there. We had Corey Bomberry, is you know that was he had a hard shot too from up top, mm. so you know always a little biased towards Buffalo. Uh, Michelle Boyer, fantastic female uh, field across player, actually from my neck of the woods in Poco, I believe, going in. And uh, former Vancouver Stealth head coach, Toronto Rock, Chicago Shamrocks, uh, won, I think, five man cups as the head coach of the Peterborough Lakers, won two man cups with the Six Nations Chiefs. Jamie Bats Batley going into the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Just a fantastic class. November, the induction going down in uh, New Westminster. Hopefully people are allowed to gather by then so we can uh, get back to normal and, and enshrine these Hall of Fame inductees properly. Yeah, anything that can give us a a sense of some normalcy, even if it's a sports related event, like, yeah, there's golf coming back on, but something like the match at least brought us back to 
feeling like we're sitting down to watch sports. Like my wife, who is not a big fan of golf, was happy to see that. So you're right. Anything that we can get on the calendar that would hopefully uh, give us something to look forward to, because as we said, so much is up in the air with the NLL right now. If there's a season or not, when next year would start or not, uh, just something like the PLL is something to circle that three-week tournament that we can look forward to and hope to have uh, some degree of normalcy. Yeah, and if it goes down, uh, maybe we, we shift our focus a little bit, try and get an NLLer that's in the PLL playing at PLL Island on the program because I think that would be a unique conversation. Uh, a couple more quick sticks here before we get to under review. My buddy Blake Melton, who put uh, the – the bounty, I suppose, 500 bucks if the Green Gales won the best team of all time in, in who he got. They did. And man of his word, Green Gales tweeting up, Blake Milton paid up 500 bucks going to their organization. Well done, Blake. Uh, we mentioned it. No announcement yet from the NLL on on potentially a postseason. Uh, the later it gets here, Steve, the more bleak it looks and with everything going on in the world right now i just like i don't see it they haven't made an announcement yet but i think one's coming i don't think i don't think we're playing lacrosse again we'll find out there's that glimmer of hope that you have to hold on to but at this point if the announcement comes that they're not going to be able to play a tournament or finish the season it kind of feels like you you you, no one will be surprised yeah we're running out of time we're just running out of time uh is is the bottom line especially if you want any semblance of a 2021 season. Exactly. Um, couple more things here. I just shared this again today. I will share this for the, the rest of time, every time it comes up, and, and it does every year on my Facebook. The Ethan Iannucci, one, I don't, have you seen this, Berm? The, the one-handed, short-handed, diving, tuck the ball in. Have you seen it? I don't know if I have. No, okay. Go to my Facebook right now while I'm talking. I want you to do that. It should be the top thing on my page. Go look at this goal. Add me up on – you got to see. This might be the greatest goal I've ever seen, and I got to announce it. It is insane. I've heard you talk about this, when Jumbo. You f- I've it, heard you talk about it. Okay. It's on the top of my Facebook now. When you yep, hear this, I'm... find it. And like I, yep. I've seen it over a hundred times. And every time that I see it, I still watch it ten times. Like it, it blows my mind. Anyways, go see that. Um, last thing. I speaking of Facebook, I saw a guy trying to do a good thing today, teaching teaching people how to do tricks. And today's trick. And forgive me. Because this is what he said was the Indian pickup, and and I know he didn't mean any, and and it's up to people like us, Steve, to help educate people like him that that is no longer acceptable. That's what I called it back when I was a kid. That's probably what you called it as well. We do not call it that anymore. The Iroquois pickup, the Haudenosaunee handle, the First Nations flick, whatever you want to call it, but please. Let's file Indian pickup away forever. Thank you very much. And lastly here on Quick Sticks, I want to let people know, uh, when I think when we started Lacrosse Classified, Evan and I, we were just over 1,000 followers on Twitter. We have eclipsed 1,700 now, and that number continues to climb. I just want to say thank you to all the new followers on Lax Class in and to add to that, like I know there's a lot of people that listen to the program that aren't on social media. 
lacrossclassified at gmail.com is your best way to contact me, whether it be to ask a question, give me an under-review suggestion, call me names, whatever you want to do, lacrossclassified at gmail.com is your best. And I just think, like, I, I you know, somebody said, well, you, you got to advertise more. to the, I said, well, how do I advertise to the person who's not on social media? That's the great question that needs to be answered. Anyways, I just want, like, I've had people texting me and, and emailing me going like, hey, where, you haven't done a show since May 5th, and, and I have to say no, you need to resubscribe to the podcast, search Lacrosse Classified, you'll find it. So if you're listening to this, obviously you found it. My suggestion to you still is hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast, that way it gets delivered straight to your phone. I've been saying this for over a year. But you got to do it again because uh, we've changed platforms and that's just how it works. So to everybody who has resubscribed, thank you. To everybody who is listening and following, thank you. Your support means everything to me and, and this podcast. So thank you to that. And that's Quick Sticks for Episode 82. Let's go under review. It's time for Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under Review, brought to you by G. Wilson Construction, and... uh, Things firing right back up. I know uh, they've been hiring more people back all the time. They actually have some ads out right now, and I, and I was out uh, with with the Wilsons over the weekend. Uh, check the Instagram there, Berm. Uh, nice little picture from the Lake House uh, on Friday evening. Just a beautiful spot out there near Mission, British Columbia, Silvermere Lake. Just picturesque stuff. Had a great evening with the Wilsons. They're hiring at gwilsonconstruction.com. Right now. A lot of people looking for work right now, Steve Bermel. GWilsonConstruction.com. Upload your resume. Looking for carpenters, tradesmen, journeymen. Need a job in construction? GWilsonConstruction.com. They're hiring. Get on it. Uh, under review. And and we had a pretty extensive talk, and we don't need to, to go over that again, Steve. But with everything that's happening in the world of lacrosse, or the in, in the world in general right now, a lot of people on social media clamoring for for lacrosse to to do something to help somehow. I pose the question to you, Steve Bermel: How can lacrosse play a role in in making the world a better place right now? I would like to think that they hopefully got the ball rolling uh, when not to, you know, pick old scabs or anything. When, when the incident happened with Lyle Thompson in Philadelphia, um, I immediately went looking for more education as a result. Not that I have it all figured out, but I think that what can happen is with the diversity that, that lacrosse, uh, enjoys you have players like Trevor Baptiste starting to speak out. You have Lyle Thompson producing videos and content. Uh, there's a beautiful amount of diversity in the sport of lacrosse, as there is in every sport. Um, but they players can absolutely be a voice. That's part of it. But the other key is that that people like you and I, who get to see these things happen, can educate those around us. You just did it in the last segment. Hey, let's not call it that anymore. We know you're not out here trying to uh, be. It, um, say something that's inappropriate you're not trying to be insensitive you're not trying to be hurtful 
but there's a degree of um, education that needs to happen. There's a degree of uh, vocalness that needs to happen. Uh, I'm even struggling to find words, Jake, because it's not easy to say, oh, here's the solution. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, look, in lacrosse, hopefully we're learning and getting the uh, to a point where we celebrate diversity, where we celebrate cultures, where we it's not just a matter of accepting that there are different cultures playing lacrosse, but we celebrate it. I, I absolutely love when I go to Rochester because I know that uh, natives are going to be celebrated before a game starts. And when, when Buffalo does a Native American night, like that can be celebrated. It's not enough to just have it exist. Um, I think that's a step in the right direction to celebrate the diversity, to celebrate the cultures that are represented. And I think lacrosse hopefully can be a, a, a brick in the wall of doing that. Yeah, and, and it's crazy to think that the inventors of the medicine game, the creators game, that racism, racism could be prevalent with them when they gave us the right. gift. And, and right now, obviously, black players are, are front and center in, in, in Kyle Harrison and Trevor Baptiste and Dane Smith and, and others uh, speaking up to this. And, and the support for them has, has been phenomenal, no question about it. And, you know, I, I just look around and, and see programs like Harlem Lacrosse and, and how far that has come in, in just a short time. And it's because of guys like Trevor that that have made that happen and, and the support that they get from the leagues that they play in or the sponsors that sponsor these athletes to help make these initiatives happen. And I think everybody should want to be in a world where lacrosse – is inclusive everybody is open to play the game men women asians blacks you, girls boys gay straight whatever everybody is welcome to play lacrosse and and i think that's the message at least that i want our sport to portray to the rest of the world is that lacrosse is for everybody can I give some credit to the NLL here? They asked us to take a training and I'll admit when I got, no one is ever excited to take an education course, training course for anything. And it taught me new vocabulary, like microaggressions and um, certain types of biases that I didn't know the names of or may not have even known they exist. So I want to give credit to the NLL for responding in a tangible way. Like they, if you didn't know that, the NLL said every player, coach, media, referee needs to take this training. It was through U.S. lacrosse. And that is an actionable, proactive, or even responsive, I guess, because it was probably in response to what happened with Lyle. But sure. there was an action taken. There was something changed, something different. And I'll tell you what, I learned some things. And if nothing else, I learned to be more aware. But I want to give credit to lacrosse in that way for doing something, for making something happen, an action that was tangible for us to to say, you know what, yeah, this has happened. And as you said, we've come a long way maybe, but we've still got a long way to go. Yeah, and, and I don't know exactly when it started for me, but I, I became pretty passionate about trying to educate myself on the Indigenous and the history of the game and, and the First Nations people and – you know, in particular, kind of the territories that surround me in, in my local area, right? And and Lyle Thompson, literally, and Jared, like, I mean, I, I could talk lacrosse with Jeremy Thompson for 
days upon days. I love having Lyle on the show and and learning new things. It's fascinating to me, really, because it's the history of of our sport. So it really calls to me, and and I've like literally take like I feel like I've taken on the responsibility. It's it's my responsibility to help educate other people on the importance of the history and what what the First Nations people mean to our sport and I mean to take it a step further I mean my, my girlfriend just got her status card as well so I'm, I'm pretty close to, to home with it and it's ultra important and and not to get away from what's happening now because obviously it's it's um, crazy stuff but I, I just again my, my my focus on all of this is there is no place for any sort of racism in our sport and I want the sport of lacrosse to be open for everybody to enjoy that's under review absolutely you mentioned yeah you mentioned sorry just as you mentioned like close to home anybody uh, being from buffalo in new york it's, sure. like, that's the home of iroquois yeah like it's, it's just as close here i have friends who have uh status cards for uh, mohawk and we have people in our communities obviously the syracuse area and what they're known for because of you know with their lacrosse culture is a lot because it was local to new york state so uh it's it's closer than we think for all of us and i love the idea of education and awareness if nothing else uh, nobody is saying that if you try to become more educated you're a bad person nobody's gonna ever <laughs> yeah. be upset with you for trying to learn more about something you don't know about. So there that's you go. a good takeaway, Jake. And I think it just starts with talking, man. It just starts with talking like we're doing right here. But now, Steve Bermo, we are going to stop talking for a quick break here on Lacrosse Classified. One more quarter to go. It's been a pretty heavy episode 82, I would say. Let's have some fun in the final frame. Stampede Tax, who you got is next right here on Lacrosse Classified. Pure Vital Podcast Labs Network. is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is NLL analyst Brian Shanahan. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. No more breaks on Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back, and thanks for sticking with us here on episode 82. Jake Elliott, Steve Bermel with you. And time now, Steve Bermel, for Stampede Tax, who you got. And, of course, uh, people still out there working on the front lines you need your workwear. Stampede.ca is open 24-7. Or you can call 1-800-745-5511. 745-5511. They will do their best. Limited hours still uh, there at Stampede Tech in Western Warrior. But the online store, always open. Get boots, jeans, hats, coats, gloves, you name it. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local i know a pair of blundstones are on their way to saskatchewan in short order so uh you need some boots stampede.ca who you got time steve Bermel? i know you did a little uh research before coming on the program once i told you you were or asked you to co-host and tell you were co-hosting we got four so we started the bracket 
the very top left with the first four matchups. We're going to do four more matchups. This time we're going to the right side of the bracket all the way down to the bottom corner. And I think I'm just going to do it that way. And next week I'll go to the top corner of, I don't know what I'm going to do, but this week I'm going to the bottom right corner of the bracket. Four matchups. And here we go. Sean Rouse, another guy that's going to come up in this this conversation, Brian Shanahan, I asked him. He was one of the guys. Hey, who am I missing from this list? Does anybody on this list not belong? Sean Rouse was one of the first names to come out of his mouth. Fought him. I don't know if he fought him. Somebody fought him in the 93-man cup in Coquitlam. This guy was essentially just a professional fighter for the Adnex. He is taking on Jamie Hackle who will be well-known to fans in this part of the world. Uh, Jamie played a little bit of time in Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken. This guy had the head the size of a bowling ball and probably about as hard as well. Two big, burly men squaring off here. Rouse against Hackle. Steve Bermel, who you got? So when I did some searching around, I was able to find a video of a hackle fight. I don't want to disrespect anybody, especially not a group of guys who are known for their fighting. But the video I found of Jamie Hackle was a fight with a guy a little bit smaller than him. And then what I found about Sean Rouse was his role was to turn the tide in the favor of his team by getting out there and and throwing some knuckles. So I'm going to go with Sean Rouse. Okay. Okay. Um, most guys were smaller than, than Jamie Hackle, so uh, <laughs> it, it probably wasn't by his choice. He was literally like my size, and, and he, we played at the same time. He was one guy that I always thought I was going to fight, but then it just it never seemed to happen for whatever reason. But we literally took turns leading the league in penalty minutes year after year. He would one year, I would the next year. Anyways, uh Sean Rouse, I used to go up to the old sports center and watch Sean Rouse and those Adnacks play when I was a young boy. And I remember uh, Sean Rouse, but I I think I'm going to go with my man Hackle here. I'm going to go with Jamie Hackle to take out Sean Rouse. And at the end of the day, Steve, it's going to come down to whatever the fans think. So ultimately, sure. our opinions don't mean a whole lot on here, but we're having fun. But the vote is going to go up on Twitter at Lax Class. That's where you want to go. Cast your vote on who you think's going to win the fight. Who's moving to round second round, round of 32. This is the opening round. Second matchup here. And this uh a good guy is going to lose this fight. A good guy is going to win mm-hmm. this fight, Berm. And a tough matchup here in the opening round, but that's the way it goes. Paul Dawson up against Brian Shanahan. Who you got? I love Shanny, of course. I've worked with him. I had the pleasure of working with Shanny with TSN. I kept stats for Claude Fag and Brian Shanahan. That was my first time in a broadcast booth. So I have nothing but respect for Shanny, but... Uh, Paul Dawson, oh, I remember one man. thing. Uh, You're going to do him. When, like, <laughs> you're taking a Nighthawk, eh? Listen, are you listening to this, Bandit fans? Irving was a rookie, he decided to square off with Paul Dawson. And I don't mm. know if you remember, Jake, but oh, Irving one, threw about two punches and punch, then Dawson yeah. connected with one. Yeah. And uh, I will always look at that as uh, it, it scared me. Like, I wouldn't want to mess with that yeah. guy. Not that I 
necessarily would want to mess with Shani either. But right. uh, so I'm going to give it to Paul Dawson. Okay, I mean the toughest of guys will drop if you land one on the proverbial button like Dawson did to Irving. Travis Irving also in the bracket, and I think some people were a little bit confused, uh, Steve. That you know, I, I post up these first four matchups, and they're saying like, "Where's Mac? Where's Matt Green? Where's so and so?" And I have to tell them, like, this is the first of 30, first four of 32 matchups here. Like, your guy is right. on the list. He's coming. Just just be patient. So, I heard Tyson I, last week said Andrew Suter before you could even yeah, finish your he's on. He's on the list. He's already got the whole bracket figured out. He's on the list. Uh, I can't believe you just busted the fraternity like that, Steve Bermel. Throw in your man, Shanny, under the bus. You're never going to work for TSN again. I'm taking <laughs> Shanny here. Sorry, Doss. I'm going with my man, Brian Manahan Shanahan here. Brian Shanahan, I'm taking you to beat Paul Dawson. We'll see who the fans take via Twitter. Two down, two to go. Interesting matchup here. One, a real old school guy, and the other played like an old school guy. Ward Sanderson up against Richie Catton. Who you got? So I'm going to definitely deflect over to you for information okay. about what do you Catton need? because I couldn't find much. Okay, but, Richie Catton, uh, former NLLer, played uh, with Vancouver, the Ravens back in the day, Steve Bermel. He played with the Colorado Mammoth for a time. I know there was another, maybe even, oh, I don't want, I, I dare say Buffalo maybe for a year if I'm not mistaken, as well for Richie Catton. Mm. Uh, so check, dig a little deeper. But Richie, he could play any game you want. He could score a few goals, but a shutdown defender and, and tough as nails as well was Richie Catton. So he's taking on Ward Sanderson, who was just an all-around nasty piece of business back in his heyday. Yeah, and that's what I was able to find pretty, pretty easily, uh, that Ward Sanderson was feared for sure on the floor. So I'm going to give it to Ward Sanderson. I think Sanderson takes this one as well. I think uh, just the name Sanderson, Orangeville is going to show up huge on the vote here. And I think uh, Ward could go deep uh, into this tournament here just on the last name alone. I don't even know if he's related to that side of the Sanderson's or not, but I'm going with Sanderson just because he's a Sanderson. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three down, one to go, and here we go. It's time for a goalie fight, Steve Bermel. And and I picked four goalies. Here are two of them. Bill Gary, back in those 90s Chiefs, former NLLer as well, Hall of Fame goaltender, really good, like winner, Bill Gary. But nasty too. Like had a he was one of those guys that would just snap and just swing a stick at you and the next thing you know the gloves were off. Not afraid to ever mix it up was Bill Gary, but taking on Big Mac. Brody McDonald, keep in mind here, grandfather Golden Gloves boxer, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and lessons were handed down to young Brody, as uh Matt Roik can attest to. <laughs> Bill Gary, Brody McDonald, who you got? It's funny that that's the direction you went, Jumbo, because uh, uh, Bill Gary, former bandit, right? I, I did know that. These were two guys that I knew pretty well. But when I was able to find the footage of Brody McDonald and Matt Roik, I don't know how you can look elsewhere 
uh, once again, I don't want to offend anybody, but watching Matt Roy turn away 180 degrees to turn away from Brody McDonald as he was lumbering down on him. Mm, hammer uh, fist. Some have said that Matt was, yeah, Matt was looking for a fight and he found one. And uh, I have to give it to Brody McDonald after seeing that footage. Called that game, uh, and what a spectacle that was inside the Langley events. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was uh it did not end there it continued on there was stuff happening all over the place that night uh, at the lec i can tell you that i am taking big mac here as well i just think the size the reach all of it here uh probably hands bilgaria a pretty sound defeat so uh we're, we're agreed on two and we differentiate on two here, Steve Burma. We'll see. We'll push what, it over to the fans and yeah, we'll see where they go. We'll post it up via Twitter at Lax Class. I'll retweet it at PXP for Sports as well. Steve Burma, do you give out your handle here while we're at it? Yeah, simple. You were saying that, that, that you like people with the same handle on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Steve Burma. It's uh, B E R M E L. Simple enough. Can't figure that out. Uh, you have some issues. I think that's. Uh, I think that's it, man. I think we are done on episode eighty-two. You did it, man. Nice job. That was a long one. Well, first off, thanks for having me. But secondly, thanks for talking about. You said uncomfortable stuff. Like there's times that we have to. I don't claim to be an expert in any of this stuff, but hopefully, our conversation can get other people's brains turning. Uh, as well, because we need to have these types of conversations. And I love that we can have lacrosse as something to unite us, something to look forward to, something to bring us joy and happiness uh, in the midst of this. So uh, it was great having these conversations with you. And I truly appreciate you having me on to co-host today. Appreciate you uh, co-hosting as well. And uh, I got to say thank you to Associated Labels and Packaging, of course. I think I blew that so much on my mind today. Sometimes uh, the sponsor read, which is probably the most important thing for me to remember on this podcast, slips my mind. Associated Labels and Packaging, AssociatedLP.com, at AssociatedLP family owned focusing on people ethics and quality thank you to them and, and sean ashworth and the gang tosh nishimira for continuing to sponsor the podcast thanks for ian mckay coming on thanks to you the listener of course for checking out lax class every single week don't forget subscribe and follow along i'm at pxp for sports you just heard it he's at steve Bermel at lacrosse flash hit that team store up by the way good swag available at lacrosse flash team store uh, and our sponsor, Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction, and finally, Lacrosse Classified 20, promo code for Pure Vital Labs Supplements. 82, episode 82, done. Thanks for listening. For Steve Bermel, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, be safe and be healthy, everybody.